Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. Every crown Every praise I ever gave, I give it all to you. For there's nothing in this world that can compare. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. You and me to those who call. Upon your name, you're ever keep and never love the new remain for you open up my heart and satisfy.
me the first class.
thank him for making a way where there seemed to be no way. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands to Jesus. Come on, to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Thank you. Why? <laughs> Praise God. Tell somebody tonight is wonderful for me. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Job, the first chapter. Job, the first chapter. The Bible says there was a certain man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. And his substance was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. Okay, let me translate it. Five Lamborghinis, 20. <laughs> Present day. Okay, his substance was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she asses and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Job was the richest guy in the East. And the Bible says, And uh, his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone out, uh, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all, for Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. And now there was a day when the sons of God came to present, to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord, from going to and fro in the earth, Azunga, and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschewest evil? And Satan answered and said him, Doth Job fear God for nothing? Has thou not made a hedge about him and about his, his household, about all that he has on every side, that thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land? Put forth your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will cast thee. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hands. Verse 13, and there was a day his sons were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the sibins fell upon them and took them away. Yeah, they have slain the servants with the edge of sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven. I want you to hear, the fire of God. The fire of God. Listen, somebody told him the fire of God. The fire of God is fallen from heaven and has burned up the sheep, the servants, and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was speaking, there came on son another and said, Thy sons and thine daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's son. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead and I only am escaped alone to tell. And then Job rose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshipped. <laughs> Let's continue. The Bible says, and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thee, and the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, the Bible says, Job sinned not, 
nor charged God foolishly. Somebody say amen. amen. In all of these, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Let me start speaking. There is such a thing in the life that we walk uh, of salvation as an evil day. You understand what I'm saying? For certain individuals have experienced an evil day. Some haven't because they know how to avoid it. Some have experienced an evil day. There is such a thing as an evil day. And it has befallen certain saints. And some have not come across it. But a big number of you have come across an evil day. And some of you, you might wake up one day and you're in the center of one of the craziest controversies of your life. You understand what I'm saying? And so, Job is a man who loves God. He's faithful in the household of God. He's a man who loves and serves God. The Bible tells us he used to give offering for repentance for his sons in case one cast God in his heart. He was so protective of his own children that even the thought that they could sin and not repent, he would rather pay the price of them to repent before they even think of sinning. That's how much Job loved his children and kept them under a certain covering. The scriptures tell us that Job was one of the richest men on, in the east, actually the richest. He had oxen, he had asses, donkeys, he had camels, he had everything that anybody could ever dream of. And he was a man of God. <laughs> so, some of you think that men of God are supposed to be poor. You're reading a very wrong part of the Bible. Praise the Lord. Solomon wasn't, David wasn't, um, Rebecca Grace isn't. Paul wasn't, Jesus wasn't, Ezekiel wasn't, Isaiah wasn't, wasn't. Praise the Lord Jesus. It's not going to begin with you. And it doesn't mean that you're not a man of God. <laughs> you know, some of you think the poor are the more holy. Blessed are the poor. <laughs> At heart, <laughs> not financially. <laughs> For they shall see the Lord. Again, he wants them to see God, not to continue being poor. You know, many people celebrate that. I was in a bunch of pastors who were telling me some guy got a revelation that every man of God driving a car goes underground. I, <laughs> I said, oh my goodness, this is too much. Praise God. But that's how deceived people are. Anyway, he wakes up in the morning and then news after news after news after news after news. Everything that you've dreamed of, everything that you've built, established, inherited, invested in, everything that you've given your life, your sweat, your blood for, things that have taken years to build, you wake up one morning and everything is gone, including your children, 10 of them. All of them are gone. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just giving you an example of a man who underwent such a situation. Praise the Lord Jesus. You wake up and then they tell you your camels are gone. Ah, so bad. And then your asses. Ah, and then the donkeys are killed. Ah, and then they've taken this. Yeah, even the fire of God, the fire of God from heaven has come and consumed. Now you're like, what did I even ever do to God? I eschew evil and I walk upright before him every other day. 
and I'm hearing that there is a fire that has come to consume from heaven. Tell your neighbor, not all that comes from heaven comes from God. Tell him again. Tell your neighbor, not everything that comes from heaven comes from God. This was a reported speech of somebody who probably experienced and lived to tell. And the challenge is there are always survivors who live to tell your story, the sad part of it. It would have probably maybe been another story if he just heard, oh, I don't know what happened to them. But no, but there's always one survivor who is ready to narrate everything as he saw it. And listen to the words of the man. The fire of God is falling from heaven and has burned the sheep. The servants consumed them. And I only am a skeptic alone to tell thee. What was Job thinking? Eschewing evil, submitting to the Lord, loving God that much. See, I mean, giving his life to God. And then he wakes up tomorrow morning. And they're telling him the fire of God has come and consumed your animals and your servants. In a couple of minutes, animals, camels are dead. In a couple of minutes, donkeys are dead. In a couple of minutes, oxen are dead. And in a couple of minutes, your children, all the ten are all wiped out. And you wake up in the morning and you imagine how many years you've invested in all of these things. And everything has just gone, just down the drain, just like that, in seconds. It wasn't even a progressive experience of things happening one year then two years then three years no these are things that happened in the same time period as he was speaking another one came calamity befell a household of a man in one day it's hard to even imagine if you're a parent you know what i'm talking about we're talking about 10 these days you no longer produce 10 you understand what i'm saying you wake up and everything you had is gone Everything you believed is gone. Everything you had to your name is gone. And I'm not saying it should befall you or it shall befall you. But there's a point I'm going to make ahead there. And the moment the man of God is told that everything is gone, the Bible says he rents his mantle and shaves his head and then he goes down on his knees and he worshipped God. He worshipped God. What a faith. 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 Then he said, naked came I from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. Indeed, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Of course, that is Job's revelation. That's not God's revelation. Let's also note that. Some of you use when things come. The Lord has given and he has taken away. No, 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 no. If you listen to my sermon of breaking the hedge, you will realize it was not God who took. For the giftings of callings of God are without repentance. He does not give and then take back. He's not a necessary kid who has lent you his pencil. But there are things that we can do in our lives and break the hedge of our lives. So as Satan is telling God, have you not a hedge about him and everything that he has? And God told him, behold, all that he has is in your hands. He didn't hand it over to Satan. He just told him, boss, the hedge left ago, long ago. And in Job 3, it explains how it left. For the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. He always meditated the death of those kids. And it befell him. He was not quiet within him. The Bible says, 
the thing which I greatly feared. Give me the Amplified. He says, for the thing which I greatly fear, present continuous, comes upon me. And that of which I'm afraid of befalls me. He says, and next, next verse, I was not, no, am I not at ease? No, have I, oh, had I, no, had I, oh, have I rest? No, was I, oh, am I quiet? Yet trouble comes and still comes upon me. Why does it come? He's not quiet about it. He's always thinking, meditating it. He's always anxious about it happening. He's anticipating the happening of evil day. You understand? There are people who are always expecting bad things. Even when you call them, he says, what's wrong? Because some, they, they expect something has happened. The principal is calling you, over what have I done? <laughs> we received a phone call from police. They just want to thank you for your service in community. <laughs> Somebody say Amen. So Job loses everything. And here, of course, there are lessons on Job. Listen to that someone called Breaking the Hedge. It will teach you a lot. It will teach you. It will open your eyes to a lot. A lot. It will open your eyes to a lot. But that said, of course, he says, The Lord giveth naked came I from my mother's womb, naked shall I return. But the next important line that I wanted to touch tonight, he says, And in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God Foolishly. Foolishly. I know people who go through situations, hard times, and then somehow something sprouts out of their spirit and you get so disappointed about how they think about God and how they judge the matters present that they are going through. Apostles have come for prayers. What's wrong? I no longer want to go to church. Why don't you want to go to church? I believed God. I prayed to God. I served God. I gave him my all. Everything he wanted, I gave it to him because he is God. Everything that I need, whatever. I was the first one to enter church. I was always the last one to come out of it. I did this. And then I served the man of God. Then I served fellow people. Then I used to give. I gave everything of mine. I did everything of this. And then after that, in all of the end of all this, this happened to me. And from that day, I made up my mind. I'm not going to step in the church. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, the one they're talking about didn't come. <laughs> For consolation's sake. Praise the Lord, somebody. Somebody has been praying. And I hear it on many Christians, of course, who are still growing. You know, I've, I've been going through too much, and I feel in my heart that, why, what's even the point of prayer, apostle? What's the point of prayer? Seriously, no. It's almost as though God wants everything to hit me. When I look at some people like Pastor Zach and Pastor Who, everything is working for them but me. Then you start comparing yourself with everyone and then you start narrating eh, tales of how everything is working for everyone in your life except you. You wake up in the morning and then you see a sister change a nice shoe and you say, God, even that one bought a shoe who at the same level. We used to put on the same shoe, but that person's shoe has changed. Next thing you know, they are driving a car that is bigger than e my Kusta. 
And then you hear somebody making a statement like, God, why me? Why me? Ever since I was born, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Why me? God, when will you ever deliver me? Back in those days, there was an advert. I don't know whether some of you, you used to hear it. It was a radio advert where some guy was talking about chickens. He says, Wenunda, webufa. Wenunda, webufa. Yevanangi. Nakolachi. To translate it, this guy is saying that he was rearing chicken, right? But every stage of rearing, they die. He buys new ones, they die. Then the guy says, What did I do to God? Praise the Lord. Because everything seems to work against you. Everything seems to work contrary to you. Everything seems to go against the grain. Everything seems to go against your faith. Everything seems to go away what you believe. Everything seems to go contrary. And there are people who are like that. They come out of one issue, enter another issue. They come out of one problem, enter another problem. They come out of one situation, enter another situation. Come out of one circumstance, enter another circumstance. And then you look at their lives, year one, year two, ten years, three years, twenty years, thirty years, you look, they're just coming out of one problem, going to another, and then somehow there's a solace, a period where they are a bit comforted, and then they go back into that same situation, and then they come up a bit, and then they get married, and then they're divorced, and then again they get married, then they're divorced, then they have children, then their children fail in school, and then after their children failing school, then as they're growing up, they get impregnated before, it's just crazy. And you're coming out of one problem and you're entering another. You're coming out of one problem and you're entering another. And sometimes it's almost, it could almost look as though it's God doing it. When a man sees fire coming from heaven and he tells Job that God sent fire from heaven to consume the sheep, the servants, and they've been killed. Any weak fellow would have thought, hmm, this must be God. Why? Because fire came from heaven. But remember, God had allowed Satan to afflict the fellow. It is not God who was afflicting Job. Are you hearing me? Some of you go through situations and you're like, I think the Lord is trying to teach me something. Listen, the chastisement of the Lord is to your spirit, not your flesh and your soul. It might have effects that might extend to the soulish realm because God needs to apply intellect to the experiences of revelation. Because if intellect does not reconcile with revelation, you will not carry judgment. If your brain cannot relate with what the Lord is trying to give you for understanding, you might never carry the judgments of God to understand them as they ought. And this is the fulfillment of love as men learn to reconcile the love of God and the judgments of God. Because the Bible says that's in knowledge and the judgments of God. The Bible says that they might not have offense on the day of Christ. Why? Because when you learn the judgments of God, you examine the things that are most excellent. You approve what's excellent and what isn't. The ability to know what is right and what is not right. The ability to know what can work and what cannot work. The ability to know what is for you and what is not for you. All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful unto me, but I shall not be put under the power of any of those things. It's called wisdom. Promotions come through such things. When you learn to separate certain things, it's called wisdom. When you learn to judge certain issues and you know certain things are not worth it because of who I am. Certain things are not worth a certain purpose to go for because of what I believe. I cannot do certain things. Even though I have the right to do them, I don't have the grace for them because of who I am and what the Lord has called me to be. That is why everybody who grows in God, you realize that God starts to separate you to a distinction. And that separation to a distinction kind of defines 
the mandate and assignment on your life. People drank wine in the Bible. But when the Lord comes to the mother of, 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 of John the Baptist, when God comes to the mother of John the Baptist, he tells him he shall not take wine. This one shall not take wine. Yes, anybody can take wine. But this one shall not take wine. This one shall not take wine. Because it was part of what God had placed on his life. There was a way John could not take wine. If John had taken wine, he would be gone. And he had to separate that because his mandate was simple. He was a voice in the wilderness. The responsibility came with the price. The Nazarite vow that Samson has upon his life. They tell him, you shall not cut hair. What's wrong with hair? People cut hair and they were still used by God. People used to shorten their hair and the Lord still walked through them. But for Samson, it was not so. As you continue to grow up in God, you will realize that there are certain things you cannot do, even though you see everyone doing them. That's called an independent spirit. To, to rule it. It's part of the principles of a ruled spirit. The Bible says that he that ruleth his spirit is greater than he that taketh the city. You will never be a success in this world until your spirit is ruled. It is controlled by, by the understanding which is of God. To rule your spirit, to carry it through, to, to, for it to have a steadfast stability. Because the Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain any infirmity. Every weakness that you have in your life, your spirit can fix. Every weakness. It could be the weakness of disease. It could be the weakness of poverty. It could be the weakness of indifference. It could be the weakness of hatred. It could be the weakness. Of, it doesn't matter what the doctors have said. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter the circumstances that you have, you have undergone. It doesn't matter what even your tribe or your culture is, your roots and networks. It doesn't even matter what, what your level of education is. The Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But the Bible says, but a wounded spirit who can bear. But that spirit that sustains your infirmities must be ruled. You must possess your spirit in a certain sanctification of understanding and revelation. That is why you don't listen to everything. You don't listen to everything. Take heed what you hear, the Bible says, and how you hear. Yes, to the degree of how is wonderful, how you hear is wonderful. When you first answer the question of what you hear, he says, and he said unto them, take heed what ye hear. With the measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall be more given. Some people are going through what they have heard over the lives, and sometimes the death begins on our altars. I'll give you an example. The Bible says the letter kills. If the Bible says the letter kills, the moment I get that letter and put it on the pulpit, I will kill you while I'm preaching. And before you know that, people are getting back home and going back to their houses killed. And not the right way, which is the death that we undergo in the testations of the spirit or in the wilderness experiences as the Lord is working the minister out of you. No, I'm not talking about that death because that death is death to the flesh. But this one is a deadness to spirit. One time I heard a story of a lady this lady goes, she has a dream and she's putting on a wedding dress and she's waiting for her husband to come in the dream and the guy does not appear and uh, the dream ends. And then she goes to a man of God. And this man of God, she asks, I had a dream when I was getting married and my husband did not appear. 
And the man of God told her, you're going to die. That dream means you're going to die. Are you hearing me? That was a seed planted in her spirit. Are you hearing me? A couple of years later, two, three years down the road, she's on the deathbed with a stage four cancer. Are you listening to me? They brought me the lady, I think, even to pray for at a particular point. But even when I was praying for this woman, in my spirit I felt that there was something that was rejecting healing. It was rejecting deliverance. I didn't know why in my spirit I felt this woman reject healing. You know, you're laying hands on a person. Their flesh is willing, but their spirit is not. And some people think that because their flesh can agree, mental assent, the fact that their brain agrees with the divine instruction, the fact that their brain agrees with something which is of God, they think that because their brain agrees, their spirit agrees too. But there's a difference between your brain agreeing and your spirit agreeing. There's a difference between you saying amen and yea it is in the flesh and saying amen and yea it is in the spirit. That heart, the same word for heart, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. And towards her deathbed, she's speaking these words. She's saying, I knew I had to die early because the man of God had told me that I was going to die. And I started feeling like I was going to die. And so... I am expecting to die. So they are bringing someone to me to pray for, but she has prepared her spirit to die. Are you listening to me? She died. The Lord knows that woman did not die because she dreamt she was in a wedding dress. I bet you that woman died because somebody planted a seed in her spirit and she believed it. Many of you have dreamt of yourselves in wedding dresses without men. Did you die? Did you hear those noise? Are you listening to me? Some of you, like the Bible says in, in Joel, you observe lying vanities and you forsake your own mercies. The Bible says, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. The Amplified says, their own source of mercy. God is ready to extend mercy on your life. But some of you, you pay regard to false, useless, and worthless things. You look at things that are useless and observe them and receive them in your spirit as a realization. And because of that, you direct your face to death and destruction and you die. Oh, this has happened. Yeah, I felt it. Is that all? When you felt it, what did you do? No, I just waited for it to come because I knew it had to come. Oh, because you felt some, that means that you were supposed to respond to the feeling and let it kill you. Do you know how many people have died because of the words that have been spoken in their lives? That's why for me, I don't open my ears to every man of God. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not proud. It's the truth. You know what I mean? I don't open my ear to a man of God. No. But I don't open my ears to every man of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why the Bible speaks of having a shepherd in your life, you know? Of course, I'm not saying that outside there, there are not people who don't preach the gospel. Of course, there are some I can listen to and say, yeah, here, I agree. But I don't open my ear to every man of God. Not everyone prophesies in my life. I can even humble myself and somebody's speaking and I'm like, cancelled. No, won't happen. In my heart, but I'm like, I'm quiet. 
Because there are people I don't feel should speak in my spirit. Some shouldn't. Because I can tell the difference between somebody speaking as the oracle of God and somebody taking advantage of my humility. I can tell the difference. And I can play dumb and just keep quiet and they speak. But after that, I test it. If it is not of God, I put a, I cancel it in the spirit and I move on and they will never even know. You understand what I'm saying? Some of you, you're, you're everything they say, everything they bring on your table, you're going to receive it. Everything they speak on your spirit, you take it hook, bait, and sink. You don't even care whether it makes any sense or it doesn't. The moment they speak some, you're ready to go for it. That's not me. Tell your neighbor, that's not me. Tell him again and tell him, that's not me. Now, here's a story of a man who has encountered an evil day. What do you do when you get the worst news in the world? What do you do? Do you first faint and first sit down like, oh my God, you understand? Do you pass out? Do you confess things that could kill you immediately? You know, I have examined this for a while and, and this I have known to be true. Sometimes we've had loved ones who have died, okay? Loved ones who have died, passed on, slept in the Lord. And there's something that always shocks me every time. Every time. Some people have learned the art of pleasing others by confession. Um, and then even they do actions that follow their faith. Oh, I'm healthy. I'm this. I'm this. I will not die. Oh, I refuse. And then the person is worsening. And, and then I refuse to die. And then they worsen. And then I refuse to die. And then they worsen. And then they, I refuse to die. And then they worsen. And as they continue to worsen, of course, as they continue to worsen, some of them, when they die, and people are speaking, that's when you hear the conversations coming out like, the person told me that when they die, this should be done. I'm like, wait. So, you were saying I'm healed, I'm the righteousness of God, I don't fall sick, and then you're doing every action and confessing everything right. But you had also placed a contingent plan somewhere in the end that in case this fails... Whether the Lord saves us or he does not save us, we shall not bow to you. That's faith. I own that. Are you hearing me? But why are you opening your mouth to say whether he does not save us? What did he say in the word? Psalms 37 verses 18. The Bible says, the Lord knoweth the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. And the next verse says, and they shall not be ashamed in the evil time. The Bible says, and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. That is what the word of the Lord says. You don't expect anything contrary. You don't speak anything contrary. And somebody says, well, I've believed God. But if the Lord decides that I should go, I'll still believe him. That's faith. That's wonderful. But you've made an error somewhere. You've made an error somewhere. You see, it's great faith for a man to stay believing God in spite of the evil time and evil day. That's appreciable. May the Lord bless you on that. But you're risking to give options. You're risking to consider options. Ah, if the Lord serves me, wonderful. If he doesn't serve me, yeah, I'll be okay. Why do you say that? He says he will never put you to shame in the evil time. He will not allow you to be put to shame. The Bible says he will not hand you over to the will of thine enemies. 
cancer wills to kill you. God says, I will not hand you over to the will of your enemies. HIV seeks to kill you. And he says, I will not hand you over to the will of thine enemies. Poverty seems to consume you. He says, I will not hand you over to the will of thine enemies. Some of you, there are people who are waiting for you to die. Literally. There are people waiting for you to fail. The people waiting for you to hit shipwreck. One time I met a fellow man of God and we're having tea. Hi, how are you? And he says, man, I met a brother in the Lord. And he was saying some very crazy things about you. And I asked him, what did he say? And he said, he told me he has given you a few months. I stood up and I started to do like this. He said, man of God, what's wrong? I said, wait, wait, wait a minute. And I said, dancing a bit and I sat back down and he says, What's wrong with you? Tell him you don't understand. It's the very reason why some of us are going to live long. You understand? Some of you, the only reason why you're going to live longer is because there are people who have prophesied your death before time. For I had fainted if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody shout hallelujah. One time, there was a sick man called Haman. And he hated the Jews. You remember the story? And the guy even started, he built gallows by his own instruction. And I believe as he was building gallows, he was meditating who was going to fall under those gallows. Praise the Lord Jesus. He was meditating. He knew who he was building them for. Some people are going to fall in the same trap they are throwing at you. Praise the Lord Jesus. Because the Lord has said he will not put you to shame. That's why you should never open war on a child of God. You should never open war on a fellow believer. You should never. It doesn't matter how wrong they appear to be. Just hold, hush and hold your mouth. And say, God, that's not my business. This is my business. This is my business. To preach the gospel. To do his will. To do his will. Sometimes we, we relate with people and they say, ah, that one will destroy you. You see, I know. You see, but you see, I know some people mean well. But you see, you must understand this. Jesus died for such men and women. He did not come for the righteous. He sent us in the world which is evil and full of darkness. He did not send us to a righteous place. No, he sent us to the most... Let me show you the power of grace. Love extended. The story of Jesus, you remember. He's a tax collector. He's a thief. You understand? He's doing everything as crazy as there is. In fact, in the verses before, you realize they had spoken to a certain man about receiving and he had refused to receive God salvation and then there's this guy he's a he's a short fellow on a tree and then jesus tells him come down i shall dine with you tonight and jesus just sits over a meal with this man and they start eating and they start eating zacchaeus says oh my goodness i've stolen praise the lord jesus whoever i've stolen i'm going to give back 10 times whoever this is this is not jesus convicting zacchaeus no this is Jesus sitting down with a man who is full of sin. And he tells him, my presence is enough to convict you. 
Sometimes we just need to love people out of things. Some of us think that by alienating them, ostracizing them, and then putting them away, we are doing God a justice because we are protecting ourselves and our reputations. God has not called you. To, he, you didn't build it. You can't sustain it. No, 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 no. He didn't call you to raise your reputation. He called you to raise him up. And he will, he will draw many to him. Isn't that what the promise is? Yes, just raise Jesus up. Sometimes all you have to do is extend love to people who are lost. Sometimes that's all you have to do. Extend love. And allow them to be convicted by the love that you extend through them. Why? Because Corinthians 13, 8 tells you, love never fails. It never fails. It never fails. It never fails. And I know some of you mean well to stay from such people, but they need you. The people who are out there, they're lost. They need love. They don't need judgment. They know already who they are and how rotten they are. They know who they are. Let me tell you, no man in sin doesn't know that they're in sin. It's not possible. Every man struggling with sin knows that they're in sin. But the answer is when we extend grace. Praise the Lord Jesus. Why? Because the word is bare to expose all sin. That's why the law came. That through the law is the knowledge of sin. That's it. Thou shall not kill. By the time a man kills, he knows he has killed. You don't need to tell him you've killed. People are guilty. They might hold. Even people who don't seem like they don't, they don't, they, they, they don't give a damn. They do. If you check the inside there, they do. Praise the Lord Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, here's the situation. There are, there are people who... There are people right now, you, you might be working with people, you might be relating with people, but there's somebody saying, I wish this guy... It's sugar and dies. And then after your, something happens, they say, ah, see, I told you, I'm a man of God. And then they boast. <laughs> the Lord will not let it happen. I say the Lord will not let it happen. You know, let me share something I didn't plan to share today, but let me say it in just a few minutes. There is a difference between a man thinking they know God and a man really knowing God. You understand what I'm saying? There is a difference between a man assuming they know God and a man really knowing God. The revelation of the way of the Spirit and how God works. And how God works. And how God works. Abraham one time goes with his wife. You remember she was beautiful. Your grandmother. And he lies to Pharaoh. And tells Pharaoh, this is my sister. You remember? And then they make a move on his what? And the Lord comes and smites Pharaoh. You see what I'm saying? If you're reasoning with me, you would almost have said, what business has Pharaoh done to deserve a smite for trying to make a move on Abraham's sister? Or at least we know that Abraham said this is his sister. What has he done? Is it even fair that you should smite an innocent man for making a move on Sarah? When he thinks that this is a wife and not the sister, is it his fault that somebody told a lie that this is my sister, yet it is his wife? 
And at that particular point, the zeal of the Lord on Abraham doesn't seem rational. If it is not something that can appeal to human logic and reason to explain, the voice of reason has no place to validate that. God is here. Whether you know that this is a sister or not, whether you know it's his wife or not, anybody who touches Abraham's wife is in trouble. Why? Because I have a covenant with this guy. This woman is the extension of a certain posterity. A certain seed has to come out of her. You don't think that you just make a move on her. God, is that fair? He's not fair. But that's God's Abraham and Abraham's God. Some of you might think that I'm saying that it was okay for Abraham to lie. No, it was not right for Abraham to lie. It wasn't right for Abraham to lie. It was wrong for Abraham to lie. You see what I'm saying? But I also don't want you to overlook the fact that God overlooks this lie to still give justice of what he knows to be true. He will deal with Abraham later. But on this issue, Pharaoh, you're not going to touch Abraham's wife. There is a way God protects his own. They might not be the perfect. And I never want you to forget that. They might not be the perfect, but when a man has a hand of God upon his life, when a woman has a hand of God upon his life, you do a big mistake to fight them in the flesh. Some of you will die quicker than you should. Seriously. Because this had nothing to do, it had nothing, 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 nothing to do with Abraham's life. It had everything to do with God intending to preserve a posterity. Through, through, through Sarah. Am I making sense? It might not seem right and fair, but shall you judge God, the Bible says, for the mercy that he extends to his own. And the Bible says, because you do that, the Bible says you have an evil eye. Evil eyes is when you judge the judgments of God because you think that you're a better judge than he is. No, you are not God. You don't have a clue. Some of the people we are dealing with in this life, they, were, they, were, they are owned by God. They have his seal. Hallelujah. And he will deal with them. You, you realize Abraham never died a liar? Somewhere in the middle, the Lord removed the liar and continued with Abraham. That's what he does with his vine. He says if there's anything to remove, whether they are weeds or whatever, he says I'll get rid of it and I'll still continue with my own. Oh, you remember that scripture? There's a scripture that says that for I shall not let my banished be expelled from me. You see, even when he banished Israel, he still had control over them. You see, he, he would throw them away and he still says, even though I have an issue with them, <laughs> touch them and see. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, for we must need hey, hey. Go back up where you were at. The scripture, yeah. He says, for we must needs die, and as water split on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again, neither doth God respect any person. Yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. See, a man is banished. God, he's in the bad books of God. But God still says, no, even though you're in the bad books, I will not let you expel. 
I'll deal with you somehow. I'll get that stuff out of your head and I'll still deal with you. Why? Because in spite of your silly weaknesses, you're still mine. I'll wash you, cleanse you, separate you, consecrate you, and tomorrow morning I'll still present you mine. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I, I got, begin with verse 2. Verse 2. Isaiah, he says, at that same time, a fine vine will appear. And there's some to sing about. That fine vine is you. He says, I God tend it. I keep it well watered. I keep careful watch over it so it has no one to damage it. And the next verse says, I'm not angry and I care. If it gives me thistles, bad manners and thorn bushes, I'll just pull them out and burn them and still continue with my vine. That's how much I love you. You understand? If you screw up, I'll get that stuff out of you. I'll get that perversion out of you. I'll get that madness out of you. I'll get that stupidity out of you. I'll get that irresponsibility out of you. And after getting it all out, I'll still say, uh-uh. Prized possession. Tell somebody, God loves me. He shall perfect that which concerns you. For the God who began a good work on you, he shall surely sit to accomplishment to the day of Christ. For he is the author and the finisher of your faith. That's why I don't worry about me. I'm good. If there's any man has to learn, he will teach his own. You just need to make sure you're owned by him. You just need to carry the witness in your spirit that God owns me. He, oh, Rabba, send the la la He'll get it out. He'll get it out. And in the end, you'll finish well. You know, there are people we've written off, and one day they'll get, oh. You know, there are some people who people have written off. And they've made so many mistakes and they're like, ah, that one, no, nothing. Mm -mm. They still hope even for those. That's why we forgive our enemies. Because we still feel God might extend grace. He will extend grace. Nothing can separate you. <laughs> From the love of God. Which has been revealed in Jesus. I don't know whether some of you can, can relate with what I'm speaking. He says, for we are persuaded that nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus. He says, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. He says, no height, no depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in And now there's a man with a problem. Why? Because God loves you too much. What should I do? You know, some of you, you wake up in the morning and, and bask in your love for God. Okay? And I tell people, learn to bask in his love for you. That's what I tell people. When John said the disciple whom Jesus loved, he, it's in John. He's the one who said it on himself. It wasn't, it wasn't, you get it? He already says, the, 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 the disciple whom Jesus loved, he was not about himself. He, he always convinced himself of the love of God. Let, let me tell you, perfect love, perfect love, perfect love, perfect love, perfect love, cast out all fear. You have nothing to be afraid if every time you're telling yourself how much he loves you. Sometimes I walk alone and I'm in my own meditations. And I pause a bit. And I'm like, mm. And I continue. 
songs because for you not only those ones where you love him no 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 sometimes learn to bask in the love of God you see success comes to men who understand how much they are loved every time wake up in the mirror every time you see for me this, this is the one constant thing I have realized that that because one time I asked God what are these things that you know I should you see they are in the scriptures in the boss gospel there are things that are supposed to be an always exercise in the things of the spirit. Like when Paul is praying for the church in Ephesians, he says, I do not cease to pray for you. That means that was a constant prayer for the church. That the Lord might grant unto you a spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of Christ that you might, uh, you, you might know what is the hope of your calling, glorious riches of inheritance of the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of power that is our within you. All of those are prayers. But you see, realize he says, I cease not to give thanks. I cease not to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers. This was a constant prayer. There are things that are constant meditations. There are things that are constant affirmations. There are things that you can say once or twice in a year. But there are things that should never leave your lips. And one time God showed me this truth and he told me, Grace, love is the only entity that exists in every dimension of the spirit. Every dimension if you go in the fourth dimension of the spirit, you might lose sight of space. If you go in the fifth dimension of the spirit, you might lose understanding or you might get another um, experience of what you call matter. And so it is in the sixth and seventh and eighth. At least I've moved to about eight of them. There are many more, I believe. There are many more, I believe. But in every dimension of the spirit, I have seen that love has existed. It is that ever fixed mark that will never change course, direction, or definition. Because it goes beyond human understanding. That is why God gave you will. Such that you don't love him like a robot that is tuned to say, love me, love me, feed me, never leave me. No. He, 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 he wants you to love him willfully. He wants you to fall in love with him. Like he has loved you. The Bible says, for he loved us even before we first loved him. He loved us even before we first loved him. He loved us even before we first loved him. And I've always learned as a principle in my life to always speak of the love he has towards me. Because every time I've gotten convicted of how much he loves me, fear goes. And guess what? The Bible says fear hath torment. What is the word there for torment? It attracts affliction. It attracts oppression. It attracts attacks in your life. When you fear, you attract things. But a man who is perfected in love, that love in your spirit, casts out all of fear. The Bible says expecting nothing bad from God. Expecting nothing bad from God. Sometimes I go through things that I'm like, but no God, you love me too much to let this happen. That, that is powerful. 
You love me too much for me to go broke. You love me too much for me to die of this. You love me too much for me to fail here. You love me too much for me to go through this. You love me too much. And as you continue to affirm the love of God on your life, to know that he loves you. Look at people who separate themselves from the love of God. They are alienated from the life because of the darkness in their understanding. Their spirits are disconnected from the source. God does not just love you. He is love. He is love. And by that love, Corinthians 13, 8 says, it does not fail. But he says, but whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether they be knowledge, it shall vanish. Let me tell you. If you choose prophecy, or you see, this is the one thing that can cause God to change prophecy. Love. Love. This is the one thing that can transition you from one level of knowledge into another. Love. That is why no man who has understood this love is not open to the spirit of revelation. Because every time you stumble in the things of the spirit and start walking in the wondrous light, you know in thine light we shall see light. Every time the light of the spirit illuminates you to see revelation, you realize that it comes in form of the love of God extended towards your spirit. And you have to receive it in that understanding. When you receive it in understanding, you realize it kills every fleshly indulgence. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It attaches you to purpose because that is what agape does. It attaches you to purpose. Any man that has the revelation of the love of God, they are aligned to purpose. Why? Because every time they receive it, it always explains to them why they've received it. And somehow it gives them the grace to walk therein. Why? Because it believeth in all things, it hopeth all things, it never fails. Why do you think marriages are failing? Because people put the love, human love above godly love. Eros, passion. Stogay friendship. You put your friendship above the love of God. If she's not my friend, then I don't love her. If she's not passionate, he's not intimate with me, then I don't love him. And so your marriage is based on whether your, your wife talks to you or she doesn't. If she talks to you to a good way, wonderful. If she doesn't, you don't love her enough, then you have to look for another person who talks a certain way. That's your problem. Has God shut his ears from you because you don't talk the way he wants you to talk? No. You're his vine. If there are thorns and thistles, he'll get them out and still walk with you. The same thing. Impart righteousness on your wife, man of God. He says, for your words, bring out her inner beauty. That's what Ephesians says. Impart righteousness on your spouse. You will live longer in marriage. Always believe in them. If your husband is driving badly, say, Oh God, I thank you for this man who drives so well. I don't believe it, darling. You're a good driver. Wow. Yes. But some of you turn on the guy. You were the worst driver I've ever seen. I don't even know. Get me out of your car. You guy, I hate you. I hope you lie. That I hug on a tomato tree and die. Get me out of your car. Boom, you slam it. And you walk away. Look at how Jesus deals with the church. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Bring the best out of your spouse. Bring it out. Just bring it out. That's why she came to you veiled man of God. So that you would unveil her. But some of you, you veil your spouses. She's a bad person. She's, no, no. Look at how Jesus deals with us. His words evoke our beauty. That means that it, it's hidden. It's in there. 
treasure in earthen vessels. But every time God says, you are my righteousness. I love you with an everlasting love. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. I believe in you. Love believes all things. It hopeth all things. As God continues to put righteousness on you, something starts to come out of your spirit. It's like every time you have your child and you tell him, "Loud, oh, darling, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're hot. You're this. You're that. Wow, look at my child. That's my daughter right there. And then you start imputing and imputing and imputing. Before you know that, you're bringing it out. And that's how Jesus deals with us always. He's always imputing love on you. Believe in the worst. The Lord will amaze you. Now, learn. Begin with you. Begin with you. Begin with the mirror. Look at it and see that nothing is lacking on you. If your ear is big, you say, wow, God, I thank you for the most beautiful ear. Your words will evoke its beauty. Fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't care whether your stomach is like for a cut. No, it doesn't matter. Walk like this and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. But some of you, you're tying things. When you get married, you have to unleash. No. <laughs> Tell somebody, be free. God loves you. Do you know how many people are changing everything? Today I was reading a small little thing and there was this girl who has undergone over more than seven surgeries or some to look like a certain movie actor. And guess what? She came out like a zombie. She's trying to do everything right to look. Don't, don't try to be like anybody. Love yourself. Love yourself with everything that is on you. And just be you. You'll be amazed what you're going to attract. You'll be amazed what you're going to attract. Tell somebody I love me. I love me. Because he loves me. The way I am. Somebody say amen. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 3. He says, even if we believe not, Lord, he abideth faithful. Because he cannot deny himself. Who is he? He's God. Who is God? God is love. Who is God? God is his word. He can't deny his word. If you have spoken and say that you're going to be this, he cannot deny, even if you're not faithful, he stays and abides faithfully. If you made a mistake and things are not working, I want you to understand it's not, it's not God's fault. No, 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 no. He has promised and he will surely fulfill. The Bible says that he is no man that he should lie. If he says you are healed, believe it, allow it to sink in your spirit, confess it, dance on it, I don't care how much pain you have. But you see some of you, it's a small situation. And then you judge God foolishly. And then you sin in your tongue. Let me give you a scripture. First Peter chapter 3 verses 10. He says, they that will love life. How many of you love life? I do. And see good days. That evil will come. But if you want to see good days. The Bible says, refrain your tongue from evil. 
and your lips that they speak no guile. Refrain, refrain, refrain. Case scenario. The doctor said that this person is sick and they are going to die. And there is nothing medically that can heal you. And they've said it on your life. And then you wake up and say, oh. You start crying. Already you're confirming everything that devil has said. You understand what I'm saying? Then you start saying, why me? That means you have accepted it in your spirit that it is you to be sick. It is you to be sick. You've owned the sickness in your spirit because you're speaking for the man of the spirit. Why is it that things are happening only to me? You receive it in your spirit. You conceive it until it brings forth seed that bears a child because that's the process. Conception, seed, and then manifestation. Because everything you conceive, you get the word for. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews that by faith Sarah received strength to conceive seed that brought her a child. God separated the child from the seed, but he said that this conception preceded the seed. So he says she received strength to conceive seed and was delivered out of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That means every conception, every conception has a seed. What does Luke 8, 11 say? The parable is that the seed is the word of God. The parable is that the seed is the word of God. And on the other contrary also, you can plant a seed which is the word of the devil. You understand the point? And so some of you, you wake up in the morning. If you want to know that a man has conceived something, look at how they're speaking. Look at their, their speech. And more so not just the words they're speaking, but the meditation of their heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, so the mouth speaketh. Oh, you sound healthy. I'll make it. I'll make it. And then just, just a few steps down the road, your confession changes again. You meet another person. They say, oh, sorry. We heard of the bad news that you have cancer. Yeah, yeah. It's very bad. But I'll make it. You understand what I'm saying? I'll make it. Then a few minutes later, somebody calls you. Oh, sorry about it. We heard of the bad news. And you say, I don't know what I'm going to do with my children. I don't know what I'm going to do with my children. I don't know what I'll do with my wife. I don't know what I'll do with my husband. I don't know what I'm going to do with my family. Yeah, pray for me. Keep me in prayers. Yes, Apostle, how are you? Yeah. No, I can't fall sick. No. 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 Are you hearing me? Somebody calls you, pitying you. Oh, sorry. Tell him about what? I had news, news that what? That you have cancer, that me, I have cancer. No, you had badly. <laughs> Correction. I don't fall sick. I don't fall sick. Come on. Don't pretend. No, 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 no. I'm not pretending. You're the one who doesn't understand. The Bible says, none in Zion shall say I am sick. I don't fall sick. I cannot fall sick. It's not my, it's not in my, it's not the caposete. It was a pleasure talking to you. Bye. Pashatala, I'm the righteousness of God. In Him I stand, live, move, and have my own being. I do not fall sick. That's a man who has mastered his spirit. That's a man who knows how to handle an evil day. We just had news that your shop burned down. 
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear us, praise the Lord. So we are supposed to, you know, everything, your business has gone. Let the people reach. <laughs> That's a man of faith. Hey! At the point when they think you're broken. They find you stronger. They, they, they look at you and you're stronger than them who... You're, you're the one in the situation. Are you hearing me? Oh, the peace that passes all understanding that guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That peace. The man sang and says, When peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll a man that's a man who sees beyond what you're going through that is somebody who says i don't care come what may i'll make it i'll break through i'll hit my flip through whatever it is i'll vote the high faces i'll squash the pants of marauders whatever it takes i will make it i'm sharing someone i took a people the story of day of joseph i i just gave him a small story of joseph and i told him a woman accuses the man and says, he raped me. And they take this man to prison. For some, he never did. And there are those little housewives talking, rumoring around. Oh, can you believe that guy raped her? Can you believe what he did? We cannot believe what he did. You see, and then you get to a point and you feel like nobody can understand. And if it doesn't take God, you're not going to come out. Because sometimes evidence can seem so so real about you that sometimes all you have to do is to hold your peace and say God you still abide faithful you still abide faithful even if I was not faithful in this you'd still abide faithful the people who spoke these things about Joseph up to today when you read the Bible we don't know their names even Potiphar's wife, I don't know whether the name was put. But we know Joseph. We know Joseph. Did you get the point? A time will come where God will wipe the testimony of your enemies. And it will seem as though that they just existed like as a number. They didn't carry a factor for value to even be named. And you outlive your accusers in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He's ever living to accuse the Lord's saints. 
But I have good news for you. This guy was anointed by God. There was nothing the devil was going to do. Put him in prison, he will lead the pack. <laughs> Take him to the wolves, he'll come back leading the pack. Because that's just him. That's what the Lord placed. Let me tell you. You're above attacks. You're above the words of men. Somebody say amen. amen. What do you do? Like Ephesians says. Stand. In the evil day. Stand. He tells you wherefore take upon the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all things but to stand. Just stand. Go through situations. Wake up. Preach again. Preach and preach and preach more. Let them speak what they are saying. Worship your God. Let them see whatever they are doing. Go do your job at work. Do your business like nothing is happening. Ignore the words of wicked men and evil people. And just continue doing what the Lord called you to do. Don't turn your eyes on spectators. There is a reason why they are not running the race. Set your eyes on things above. Somebody say amen. And the Bible says, and Job sinned not. Neither judged God foolishly. He did not judge God foolishly. It's that place where you learn to be firm, to be steadfast. He called it the sure word of prophecy. I might not know how many things are sure, but I can tell you one thing. The word of God is sure. If he said that you will make it, you will make it. If he said that you're a success, you will be a success. It doesn't matter what happened. Come, come rain, come sunshine. That's why we call it the sure word of prophecy. Where unto you do well to take heed as a light that, that, uh, that shineth in darkness, uh, 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 in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. It's called the sure word. The word there for sure word. It is the firm, the steady and fast word. It's firm. It's steady. It is first. It is established. When God said, if I be for you, who can be against you? I don't care whether you look like you're losing the battle. You will not lose the war. He that began a good work in you shall see to accomplishment to the day of Christ. Let men speak all they may. This is your father's world. This is your father's world. He's going to say, this is my father's word. And to my listening ears, all nature sings around me. The music of the streets. Go to the third verse. This is, this is my father's word. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong God is the ruler even though it seems like what is against you is too strong God is still ruler of this world he will change times, seasons and days Lo and behold, a time will come and you'll be above every word that was spoken against you. Every accusation that was spoken on your spirit. Every evil word that was accused of you. Hold your peace. 
Some of you think you must explain yourself to everybody about your innocence. Plead not your innocence. For even in your unfaithfulness, he abides faithful. That's why we repent and go to God and tell him, God, I need help. He will save you. He will help you. He will deliver you. But he will not turn you over to the will of your enemies. Somebody say amen. Believe. Choose to believe the word of God in spite. Just choose to believe the word of God. Just choose to believe the word of God. Just, I don't care whether it works or it doesn't. Just choose to believe the word of God. It might not work to you, but in the back end, all things are for your sex. You will make it. You will make it. Tell somebody you will make it. I am persuaded you will make it. Never ever hold back your... I mean, never get... Let me tell you, even if you are on your last breath, never change your confession and never plan for contingencies of anticipating death and destruction. Even when you have one breath left, still say, by his stripes I was healed. Believe me, you will not die. But some of you, you have plan A and plan B. In front, you show us you're believing, you're confessing right, and then you lock yourself up in the room and start weeping. You're double-minded. You should not expect to receive anything from God. You're facing your people and you're smiling and you're telling them everything is okay and you're jumping with them. And when you're alone, you're still weeping. No, 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 no. Choose one thing. Dance even more when you're alone. Scream even louder when you're alone. Believe in them. No crazy. Let me tell you. A couple of years ago, I went through something I don't even want to explain. Because I went through it and I won it. And I never want to even talk about it. But it took some time. And I remember one thing. I had tuned my spirit in one way. That as whether the devil wanted it or not. I was convinced the Lord had dealt with it. Of course signs will come. Things will come and test you. Oh, you, you're still this. If you're sick, it will tell you. But if you're healed, why are you having pain here? If you're healed, why are you? Are? And then you observe lying vanities. Oh, by the way, that's the truth. And then you go to the doctor to further examination. You understand what I'm saying? But that point where you choose to say, God, I don't care whether I watch it, even if it explodes out and falls down. I'll still say you are God and I was healed. It doesn't change. That is a man of faith. And I woke up one day and it was not there anymore. And then what shocked me was not that it was not there. But what shocked me was that I had died so much to eat that even when it left, I took too long to notice. That is called faith. If you have understood, raise your hands and speak in other tongues. I want you to take just one minute and correct everything that you have thought wrong. Just say, God, I choose to believe you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest flame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name on Christ. Solely 
Just raise your hands. I want to declare some things right now in this grace. I decree and I declare that there are things that have surrounded your life for many years and long that they seem like they'll never go. For those things that are in your life that look like have failed to be fixed and look like they don't have anywhere to go. For those things that appear like they carry a stronger position in your life than your conviction and knowledge in God. For those things that have consistently been reminding you that they, you're not yet. You're not there. It has not yet worked. By reason of the anointing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and by the word that has gone out tonight. Let those things bow to the name of Jesus. I see great deliverance happening right now in the name of Jesus. There are people here who have had long-term illnesses. Start to receive your healing now. Power of the Holy Ghost! There are people here who have had long-term illnesses. And it seems as though the doctors say that this will not leave. And you had gotten to a point where you had believed my heart will never be okay. My kidneys will never heal. My blood will never be cleansed. My organs will never work again. In the name of Jesus, be healed! There are people here who have struggled with habits that seem like they'll never leave. I want to decree upon your life that they live now in the name of Jesus. There are people here who have struggled with ill, I mean things that they, they come, they have kept coming, constantly coming. In fact, right now, by reason of the anointing, and I want you to listen so good, there are people here who have been surrounded by limitation for so long. Allow me to release the anointing right now that delivers men from any form of limitation. I command limitation to break right now. 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 Start to bring them here. Break right now. Break right now. Limitations of poverty. Break right now. Limitations. 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 Break in the name of Jesus. Of course, you look like you are not going to go ahead. Of course, you appeared like there was a place, there was an edge, there was a boundary you could not cross. But by reason of the anointing in the name of Jesus, I decree and I declare that you cross boundaries beyond. There are people here, you look at yourself and in your family, there are things that have, you've failed to go beyond. Now there is an anointing that breaks boundaries of certain families. And the anointing of God is moving right now. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, that in your family they don't get married. Tonight in the name of Jesus, that limitation breaks because the word of God is sure. 
that in your family they can't go beyond a certain amount of money, that they cannot get certain jobs, that relationships are failing before anything, that they are having miscarriages and, and, and children are dying early, that there's witchcraft, that there's poverty, that there's disease. I feel somebody speak for your family right now. Say on the household of my father, there shall not be poverty. On the household of my father, there shall not be disease. On the household of my father, there shall not be bondage. They shall not fail in the name of Jesus. We shall not have untimely deaths. We shall not have early deaths in the family. Limitations are breaking. Now! 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 Bring them here. Power in the name of Jesus breaks every chain. Breaks every chain. If you're a minister, right now speak on your ministry. Command your tents to enlarge. Tell them spare not. I refuse limitation in numbers. I refuse limitations in finances. I refuse limitations in signs, miracles, and wonders. All manner of limitation breaks. Now start to carry those people out. Start to carry those people out. Put them here. Put them here. Put them here. God is put them here. Put them here. Put them here. Put them here. Not near. Put them here. Power in the name of Jesus. Breaks every chain. Bring them. Breaks every chain. They are safer on the sides. Wonderful. But put them where the light is. Eh? Just put them where the light is. Don't put them far away from the light. Put them near the light. Just carry them. God is delivering people. My God. Where is Agnes? Agnes Nabulo. Where is Agnes Nabulo? In the name of Jesus. Get out you devil. Breaks every chain. Breaks every chain. Oh, somebody's walking. Raise that cane up. Raise that cane up. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Somebody's walking. In the name of Jesus. Raise it up. Oh, in the mark. In the name of Jesus. There is power. Somebody shout hallelujah. That is what is going to happen to your issues. That is what is going to happen to the things that have been limiting you. Oh, yeah. I want to hear this. Somebody give her a mic. Shh. Do you speak English? Uh, yes. Tell me what has the Lord done for you? The Lord is good. Mm. He has made me to walk. <laughs> I could not manage to step three steps without a stick. How long have you been without walking? Since last year in September. Somebody give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. He breaks every chain. I want to see you walk. Give us space. There is power in the name of Jesus. Since last year, September, that is what's happening to your job. That is what is happening to your business. That is what is happening in your family. That is what I exactly that, exactly that, exactly that. 
Give me that cape. Give me that cape. The Lord delivers you. Tell somebody, the Lord delivers me. Hallelujah, somebody. If your finances have been crippled, this cane is a witness. If your body has been crippled, this cane is a witness. The moment you see a miracle take place, participate in it and say, God, like it has happened in our bones, it happens in my family, it happens in my relationship, it happens in my job. Since September, she could not walk without a class. That is our God. Tell your neighbor, that is our God. And many people have been healed. Some of you are going to testify this coming week. Blood diseases. If you're sick, I want you to check yourself. Backs are being healed. Joints are being restored. As healing has taken place at the end of the service, I ask you to come and testify here. They'll take your name and number. Please do, because... It is important to know what the Lord has done for you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to come right now and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. As your Lord and Savior. If you say I want to be born again tonight, I want you to come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is what the presence of God does. <laughs> My God, my God. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There is an army rising up. There's an army Stand here Rising up There's an army Listen Are you blessed by this service? Put up your hands if you are Do you feel that somebody should hear this news? Now I charge you by God Do not be selfish Carry somebody to church how many of you are going to do it this coming Thursday? You serious? Father, I pray that you give them the grace and the ability that they, we will stand for a cause bigger than all of us. And that is the divine mandate to win souls. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know how you feel when you lead someone here and they receive Jesus. That is your work in the Lord. That's your work in the Lord. May the Lord bless you. That's why we reach out to the unchurched. The people who got tired of church. There's another person I'm waiting for. She's around there. Come. I feel it in my spirit. There is somebody rejecting salvation. Come. Come. This one is okay, but there is somebody around there. You're rejecting salvation. Please come. You're around there. You're fighting it. Come. You're around there. Just behind these two camera guys. Around there.
come. Don't reject God. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. There is somebody just behind these two camera guys. That box there. There's somebody around there. Please don't reject God. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come. Come. She has come. I hear the chains falling. <laughs> Are you hearing? Wow. I hear Hey, girl in a jacket. Come. You came to give, but the Lord showed me something. Come. Put up your hands. You were to have cancer of the breast in the time to come. There was going to be growths that were going to come in one of your breasts. And you were going to start feeling some abnormal growths in there. I'm seeing a future where you were going to have cancer of your breasts. Are you okay in your breasts? Yeah? Sometimes I feel pain. We're going to pray for you. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. We are going to deal with it. That thing that you call calling pain, it was going to develop into something that is cancerous. But tonight the Lord is going to deliver you. Put up your hands. In the name of Jesus, you spirit of darkness, lose her. It's done. Give the Lord a man of praise. Now I want you guys to repeat these words after me. Repeat these words after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God who died for my sins and shed his blood for me. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Finero, make manifest.